And good evening, CFSL fans. Welcome to By the Numbers, a CFSL podcast. And we are going into week four. So three games have been played, and there are currently only four undefeated teams left. So we're going to go through the PRI for the last three weeks. And uh, like I said in the last podcast, we'll start with the new metric. Not really new, but it is the third version of the metric, which incorporates a team's strength of schedule and their strength of victories. Tonight with me, I have the athletic director for the Oklahoma State um, Cowboys. Adam Smith, how you doing tonight, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. Excited to be here. Man, it's good to see you on here with us. And then I have none other than the quarterback for the Oklahoma State Cowboys with me tonight, Ryan Moreland. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be on. It's, you know, I've been dying and itching to get you on here for a while because you put out so much content for the league. And, you know, to, to have somebody who puts that much content out, obviously your understanding of the league and players within the league is great and vast. So it's going to be an awesome episode to be able to have you on here as well. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and kick off. And like we always do, we start at the bottom and work our way up. And so this week, starting at number 20, we have North Carolina. At number 19, we have West Virginia. Auburn drops a spot from 17 to 18. Georgia drops from 14 to 17. And Florida State actually makes a jump this week from 18 to 16. You know, Ryan, talk to me about these these five teams here. Um, did anything stick out in this this group of five to you? Uh, you know, there's a couple teams here and there. You know, I think Auburn, Georgia, West Virginia, all better than their record. Uh, obviously, they're struggling right now, can't buy a win, but they've been in close games. Like every week, it feels like they're in a close game. West Virginia was real close to upsetting Alabama, which would have been huge this week. Um, but George, I feel like their, uh, their net points is something like negative 10 after three straight losses. That's impressive. You know, that tells you how close those games were. Yeah. You know, Georgia has done a, a phenomenal job. When you look at Georgia specifically, what I like about them is they have like the, one of the top 10, um, excuse me, drop something. But they have one of the top ten offenses in the league. Their problem is, is really on their defensive side of the ball. Um, but yeah, well, Georgia does a really good job of moving the ball and being able to put points on the board. And uh, Adam, when you saw this this list of five when I sent it to you, uh, you know, what would you what do you see in this this bottom five right here? Well, I, it's hard to say, you know, because. Again, you know, we were only three weeks in, but at the same time, we're really close to the halfway point of the season. <laughs> I can't really say that, you know, I I disagree with it, but I do believe that there are some names in that, you know, 16 through 20 that won't be there by week seven you know, week eight, just because, you know, the, the talent and some of the teams that they played, I mean, look at, 
look at North Carolina sitting at twenty, but I mean, man, they they they've had they've had a tough road to hoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I I don't think they're the the worst team in the league, but at this point in time, I don't really know who that is. Yeah. So I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not surprised to see, you know, those teams move up. I'm not surprised to see Florida State move up a couple notches. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. I think, you know that there are at least two or three schools in there that aren't going to be in there by the end of the season. Yeah. Florida State's had a, had a sort of tough, uh, Oh, absolutely. You know, some of the teams that they had to play. So, um, when you look at that and that's where, again, we, we move into the strength of schedule, strength of victory thing. And some of that helps some of these teams, um, in the sense of what we've been playing, you know, tougher opponents, so it ranks us a little bit differently versus some of those teams that have played maybe uh, – I don't want – I always hate saying the word weaker opponents because that's almost non-existent in the league. I don't think that, you know, there's a whole lot of teams that you could sit there and say, this team's weaker than us. Um, so I, I really do hate to say weaker opponent, but – you know, when it comes to your strength of schedule and who you're playing and how well they've been performing, the talent on their team versus the talent on your team, sometimes that helps you out and sometimes it hurts you. So moving in to 15 to 11, um, we're getting into the sort of the middle part, which is like one of my favorite parts of the, you know, that, that sits through 15 range. But kicking us off at 15, you have Florida. Um, so they actually move up one spot. Clemson drops from 10 to number 14. Illinois drops from 11 to 13. Notre Dame drops from number 9 to number 12. And Boise State drops from number 6 to number 11. Ryan, talk to me about this first middle group of five. Well, you start looking at some of these teams and, you know, you start listing them there. And I was like, how are they not higher? How are they not higher? How are they? But then you look at the teams above them and you're like, oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> yeah, OK, that makes sense. But it, it just in your mind, you're like, you know, Florida, especially it was one right when you read it. I was like, how is Florida not higher than that? Uh, but you start looking at the teams ahead of them, you know, the games that they've won. And and, you know, Florida had such a tough road. Um you know, back to back, you have to play number one and number two in back to back weeks. That's, I mean, that's just as hard as it's going to get scheduling wise. And, but yeah, a lot of talented teams right here. And obviously, Boise slipped up this week, but I don't think that's who they are as a team. I think they're going to bounce back and, you know, maybe even get up in that uh, top six area. Yeah. So you think they'll, they'll climb their way back into the number six spot? I think there's definitely an opportunity for them to do it. I mean, they obviously have to go out and win football games, um, and they got some tough ones coming down the road. They're in a, you know, in what is most likely the toughest uh, division in all of the CFSL right now. So they don't do not have an easy road, but I think they definitely can. I think they're a talented team. Yeah, Adam, what do you think about this uh, first middle group of five? Well, I mean, you know, kind of echo. What Ryan's saying, that you look at it and you're like, you know, no, 
They're better than, you know, that's a top 10 team. That's a top 10 team. But, you know, so far, the way the seasons went, there are 10 other teams that still look like they could be a top 10 team. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's hard to say, you know, oh, I can't believe that they're only sitting here when you look at the performances of the team sitting ahead of them. Yeah. You know, the thing that um, when you look at, the, at at opponents and you're looking at some of these teams, you know, they're one. Most of these teams, actually, all of them are are one and two um, on the season. And um, so you look at them and you say, okay, well, maybe they're they're interchangeable. Maybe you could put Boise at thirteen and Notre Dame at eleven, or you know, Clemson at eleven, and and it, you know. You start looking at those things, but then what stands out with some of these some of these programs is like Boise State's tied for the number one strength of schedule according to the PRI. When you look at who they have to play um, throughout this season, it's I guess the teams that they have to play are have won like seventy five percent of the games that they've played. So Boise has a very very difficult schedule, and so when you're looking at teams that are one and two. And how do you rank them? That again, that's where that that strength of schedule and strength of victory comes into place. And so Boise's getting a jump because of who they have to play this season. And then you look at teams like Clemson. Clemson has a phenomenal defense, like really, really good defense, a top ten defense in the league. So they're in the top half of the league right now. Um, and then, I mean, they, they got to learn how to really move the ball um, efficiently and effectively and put points on the board. But they have a really stout defense, and if they can get that offensive side of the ball moving and clicking sort of the way their defense is, they could be easily a top-10 team. Yeah, Um, and I feel like you could say that about several of those teams that are sitting just three or four spots out of the top-10. Yep. So we're going to move into the upper half of this middle group. And kicking us off at number 10 is Alabama, who move, who drops – or, excuse me, moves up from number 12 to number 10. Pitt moves up from number 15 to number 9. Mm. Ohio State moves from 13 to 8. Oregon drops from 5 to 7. And Michigan jumps up from number 7 to number 6. You know, Ryan, talk to me about this group of five because this is where we really start getting into um, where seeding for the playoffs – really starts to matter. Right. And there are a few here um, that obviously, you know, if I was making my, my rankings uh, would be lower. Uh, um, and you start looking at teams like Pittsburgh and not a shot against Pittsburgh. Cause I think they've played good football, um, yeah. but you know, beating Clemson and beating Auburn the last two weeks and, and, and playing really well. And they're going to get their schedule gets a hell of a lot harder here for the next couple of weeks coming up this week. But, you know, would I have them ranked against above some of those others like Alabama, Boise State, um, Notre Dame? Probably not, uh, you know, but they're winning football games, and that's the big thing. And, and Oregon's in that category, too, where their wins have a combined zero wins, like the teams that they have beaten. Um, yeah. You know, but they're winning football games, so they're going to be higher up on this rankings. But, you know, in all, in all likelihood – 
and CFSL rankings, you know, that's a team that's probably floating more around 15 right now. Yeah. So Adam, give me your thoughts on this, this group of five here. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, again, it's, it's hard to argue as far as performances and what, excuse me, and what we've seen from, from those teams to say, you know, this one doesn't deserve to be there as Ryan, you know, kind of alluded to, I feel like there's a few of them that could be swapped around in, in that group of five, but I can't really pinpoint one of those five or two of those five that don't, don't deserve to be there as of this point in the season. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't do polls and we don't, we don't do rankings based on what they're going to be by the end of the season. We, we rank them on their performances as they go. And if they continue to play that kind of football, then they deserve to be there. Yeah. I mean, looking at some of these teams, like, honestly, if, if I was making mine, I'd, I'd probably have Alabama a little bit higher than 10. Um, probably yes. somewhere in that seven, you know, probably, probably about number seven. I yeah, right Alabama. outside the top five. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you look at Alabama, they have the number two offense in the league. They're, they're like number two in, in yards and they're number two in points, um, points scored. So they have a, an extremely talented offense. And, and you know, CC Range has done a great job there. Yeah, phenomenal then, quarterback. Yeah. Phenomenal quarterback. Oh, absolutely. The guy's playing out of his mind. Yeah. So when, you know, you've got a quarterback like that, and he's got the wide receiver core to sort of back him up. He's got um, Tavian Tyree in the backfield with him. You know, some of these guys – and knowing that they're the number two offense in the league, you, you would sort of say, okay, kind of crazy that they're ranked number 10 if they're the number two offense. Um, but that also goes to show is their defense their, their weak point, and then what do they need to do defensively to fix that? So – um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Oregon and Pitt probably be a little bit lower in my rankings, um, and, and I would have teams like Alabama um, and Michigan more more towards and Boise State, you know, probably in, in front of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. So now we get to move into the top five and. and only four of these teams remain undefeated. Um, so at number five is Texas. They move up from number eight last week. Kentucky stays at number four. Miami stays at number three. Oklahoma stays at number two. And Oklahoma State stays at number one. Ryan, talk to me about these five here. I think you can, you know, kind of put these in whatever order you want to. Um, I think Texas is like a deserved five right now out of this group. Although, uh, you know, when it comes to the actual rankings, people might slide them back a little bit. But, you know, obviously a talented football team. But then you have the four unbeatens at the top. And and you can kind of slot them here and there. And personally, like I would have Kentucky uh, at two. I think they're going to stay at two until they slip up or – 
I mean, that's probably it until or someone gets a massive win. Like if Oklahoma comes out this week and beats the pants off Texas, then you got to start talking like, okay, do they deserve to be number two? But for right now, they'd probably be my number two, and I'd probably flip-flop them with Oklahoma and put Oklahoma behind Miami um, for right now. But, you know, it's like uh, like what uh, Adam said earlier, you're 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 ranking these people – based on right now and not where you think they're going to be because I think Oklahoma might be right up there at the very top. I think Miami has a devastatingly good defense and they're really figuring out stuff on offense right now. And it's looking good. And Mateo Walker, I don't think the league's talking about how good that young man has been at quarterback so far this year. He has been lighting things up, but you look at Kentucky too, and it's hard to find a weakness on that team. I mean, they're stacked. Yeah, yeah. You look at a team like Texas, and and they're tied with Boise as the number one strength of schedule. Um, when we look at again, when we look at who, who they're playing throughout this season, like I said, you know, for Boise, um, the same rings true for, for for Texas. Is that seventy of their opponents that they have to play? Their opponents have won seventy five percent of their games. So that's a tough sled. For, for a team like Boise and Texas. And it really is a testament to the division that they're in and how tough that division is going to be, um, you know, throughout the, the remainder of the season. And then you got to get into the meat of that schedule where all these juggernauts are playing against each other. That that 75% win percentage is going to drop um, as these teams start playing each other. But as of right now, they're tied for number one. You know, Adam, give me your thoughts on this this top five. Well, yeah, it, you know, eventually these these undefeated teams are going to be playing themselves or playing each other. Yeah. So, you know, only only one team can come out of that and still be undefeated. So, I think, you know, as this this Oklahoma Texas game is going to be Huge for either one of those teams. Yeah. The team that comes out of that game victorious is locking down a spot in the top three. Potentially. Like, personally, by the end of the season, they, they will be a top three team. Right now, in my personal rankings, you know, I'm kind of right there where where Ryan's at, you know, I, I see Kentucky is my number two and Miami as my number three. And then I've got, you know, Oklahoma coming in there behind them. But if Oklahoma has a nice impressive win against Texas, then, I, you know, I can't really justify keeping them there because I think Texas is a solid program. And, and they're starting, they're starting to, to get their feet underneath them, so to speak. And that could be very scary for anybody that has to play them. Yeah. And they had um, – well, Texas had a rough first two games as well. Oh, yeah, you know, they opened up with Alabama, and it was a 55-51. It was a slugfest. Who could, mm-hmm. Basically, who can put up the most points? 
and then they 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 drop one in week two, and then they come out and they played an amazing game against Oregon. <clears throat> um, yeah, great performance there. So when I mean Texas is is starting, I think you know they have that hiccup in week two, but you know outside of that, Texas looks really really dangerous, and you know. All, all five of these teams are really, really talented. And, you know, you, you really could put them almost – I think the consensus is going to be Oklahoma State's going to be number one because they're the defending champs and they're just playing their style of football. But two, three, four, yeah, you could probably have them anywhere in there. You know, you can make arguments for – Oklahoma at number two or Kentucky at number two or even Miami at number two. I mean, Miami's defense is stifling. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, when you look at Miami's defense, they're, they're top five uh, in, in almost every category uh, that, that's calculable. So, and then their, their offense really, like, you know, Ryan said, their offense is starting to figure it out and get into its rhythm and, and they're playing great ball. So, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I would probably have OK State at one, Kentucky at two, Oklahoma at three, and then I would probably be put Miami at four for my top four. But again, like I said, and we've all said it, it's almost interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you can't really intelligently argue against that you know what i mean you can have your opinion but i mean as far as presenting a fact as to this is why this team should be ahead of this team at this point in the season you really can't do it no because every team has that thing where you can say yeah well you know kentucky you know it's offense is rolling and that defense is amazing you know or you know that defense for miami just looks Scary. It looks like a nightmare for offensive coordinators. Like, you know, you you've got no way to game plan when they're coming at you from every direction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, you right. can find something for each one of those top four teams to justify why they could be anywhere in that top four. Yeah. So Moving on to, and I know we're probably going a little bit faster paced than, than what we normally do in, in these, but um, it seems like we almost talked for like 45 minutes to an hour about the PRI. But, you know, I really like a lot of the matchups that are coming up this week. So I want to get into into that portion of it a, a little bit quicker. Um, so we open up Monday night and we sort of talked about it briefly. But, you know, obviously, first things first, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll have the inside blitz with and, and whoever he has as guests. And then 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Twitch, we'll have the Oklahoma at Texas game. Now, one, that's just a really big rivalry in real life. It's a big rivalry in the CFSL. Um, it's going to be a really good game. So Ryan, Ryan, talk to me real quick about this game in particular. Uh, well, I did some uh, some stuff, working on some stuff today uh, for this game. 
Um, and one of the stats that really jumped off to me and it made me kind of, you know, really interested and really thinking about like uh, this game as a whole is how good Texas offense has been and how good Oklahoma's <laughs> defense has been. And not to say that the, you know, the other side of the ball hasn't been good for either of them because they have, but you know, Texas right now, a top 10 offense, Oklahoma right now, a top three defense um, statistically. And I'm, I'm really interested to see like which one of those gives in is Texas moving the football is Oklahoma going to uh, force turnovers? Are they going to stop them on third downs? Are they even going to get them to third downs? Like, who's going to win that matchup? And I think that's uh, that's going to be the matchup, you know, that wins this game, uh, you know, rather than on the other side of the football for both of them. But, you know, every time an announcer says that, it goes the other way. So, of course, it'll be Oklahoma's offense that, that sells the story. But, you know, but I really think it's got that side. I think it's – Everywhere you have a young quarterback, a lot of young players on that offense. Um, you have a, a little bit more mature defense in Oklahoma, but who's gonna who's gonna come up with the big plays uh, when Texas has the football? I think it's gonna be the biggest part of this, and I think that's who's gonna win this game. But it ought to be a great game. I think this is by far the most intriguing matchup this week. Yeah, it's gonna be a really good game. Like you said, you know, you got one of the best offenses in the league as far as production-wise. You have one of the best defenses in the league as far as turnovers and minimizing what an offense can do. Um, you know, kudos to Horns and, and DT for how well they've done this season. This is going to be a really good, really fun game. It's it's either going to be very low scoring or it's going to be super high scoring. Um. I, I don't think there's an in-between. But, Adam, give me your thoughts on this game. Well, like I said, you know, earlier, this game right here can have serious implications for the rest of the season for the team that wins it. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're Texas and you come out and you, and you – your offense just starts clicking and – everything comes together on offense and your defense does their job and they just do their assignments and you come out and win this game, you know, you just beat the number two team. You know, mm -hmm. now, now are we talking Texas deserves to, to be in that discussion for being in that top three to four, you know what I mean? Or they lose the game and now, you know, does Texas deserve – to be in the top five is okay. Oklahoma. Have they cemented their position there at number two with that kind you know, with a win over that kind of program, you know, is, is it a blowout? Is it close? This, this game is going to be exciting. The rivalry is about as big as you can get in this league. So I am super excited to, to see this one to the end. I will definitely be in front of my screen watching this one. Well, I hope so, because throughout the season, Oklahoma State has to play both these teams. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything about scouting. <laughs> yeah, you better be watching your opponents as an AD. Figure out what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. But no, I, no. I definitely watch game film. <laughs> Building off of, of what Adam said, I think he's he early, earlier he said, you know, whoever wins this game, 
likely punches their ticket um, into that top six. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, obviously we have a lot of football left to play and, and both of them have tough schedules um, coming up after this game. But whoever wins this is going to put themselves in a position at least to be considered for that spot. And whoever loses this is going to take that big step back into not getting considered. And it likely will come down. You know, there's a lot of scenarios that can play out where it comes down to, okay, does, you know, Texas deserve six or Oklahoma deserve six. And if you have that head to head win, there's no question. There's no, there's no talk to be had. You're going to go with the guy that won the head to head matchup. So, you know, I think it's it's absolutely huge when it comes to who wants that first round by. And I, I do think that one of these teams will get it and one of them likely won't. And I think this game is probably going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, very much so. So moving on to the Nets game at 9 p.m. on Twitch is Ohio State at Oklahoma State. <sighs> Generally speaking, I don't let the guests talk too, too much about their games however um that's going to be very difficult with both of y'all being for oklahoma state (laughs) um and uh, but ryan i want to get your thoughts as the quarterback walking into this game how do you prepare for a team like ohio state who just came off a really motivating win for this team against the state huge win for them oh yeah i mean you know I think there's some people out there, you know, talking to people today that that thought that Ohio State doesn't have a chance, saying stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, but you said that same shit last week. Yeah. And they beat Boise. Yep. So, like, you know, don't underestimate this team. I think everybody saw what happened last year where Ohio State kind of collapsed there at the end. They didn't start off strong at all this year, and people wrote them off like, oh, okay, it's, it's going to be that team. And then – they they played great week two. They played fantastic week three. And now people are starting to recognize, you know, what they knew in Columbus, which was, you know, week one was a fluke. This is a strong team. This is a really talented team. And, you know, going up against them, looking at their defense, they've had a, a bend but don't break kind of defense all year. Like they've allowed some yards, but when you get down in the red zone, like they start making stops. And, and I think that's going to be one of the biggest things, uh, for me, you know, as a quarterback, is finishing off those drives. Can we get in the end zone? Can we convert on third downs? They're only allowing 33% of third down conversions right now, um, 42% of red zone touchdowns, which is, you know, numbers towards the the upper echelon of the league. They're a team that really, like, they, they'll let you get the yards. They'll let you put those up. But once crunch time comes, the Buckeyes step up and they make plays and now, I think that's what has kept them in games. I think it's what's going to continue to keep them in games. And I think this team is one of those, you know, kind of middle of the pack teams that could really make a run towards the top. I think they have the talent to do that. Yeah. And, you know, you, it's funny you talk about that because you know, as a quarterback, when, you, when you're leading your team down the field, obviously putting seven up on the board is, is um, far greater than putting three up uh, because you get, you know, the other team gets a red zone stop. And, Oklahoma State struggled this past week against Notre Dame in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, what, like five field goals? Five field goals. Yeah. Yeah. So when Notre Dame did a phenomenal job inside the red zone, was very, played very lights out inside. Great great defensive game planning on Wookiee that game. 
yeah, you know, and those players stepped up when they when they needed to make those big plays and get those big stops. They did. They they answered the call, and you know, kudos to them and Wookie and you know all of Notre Dame. I mean, they've played a phenomenal game defensively inside the red zone. So, can Ohio State replicate that and or do better? And and if they can, they they really do have a shot of making it life a little bit more difficult for Oklahoma State this week. Yeah, Adam, I'm not even really get your thoughts on on this game because. Yeah, no comment. Yeah, I'll just, I, will, I will. I will add on to what Moreland said. One thing that really impresses me about the Buckeyes is on defense. When it comes down to it, and they need to, they bite down on that mouthpiece and they play defense. And I respect that. I, yeah. I will not take that from them. I completely agree with Moreland on that. Them boys. They flex their muscles, bite down on that mouthpiece, and and they do what they got to do. Yep. So moving into Tuesday's game, first game on Twitch at 7 p.m. is going to be uh, Georgia at Kentucky. Now, one, this is this is a a big in real life sort of a in real life uh, rivalry, both SEC East uh, opponents. Um. Ryan, I'm just going to get your thoughts real quick on this one. Well, I think this will be closer than what people think it's going to be. You know, I think you're going to see a big, um, you know, a big margin, a big spread in the sports book. If you're smart, take the uh, take Georgia to cover. I don't think they're going to win. I think Kentucky's just too much right now. Georgia's it, the bad luck for Georgia's going going to continue, but. Look at last week. They played a really tough Miami team and lost by five. Yeah, yeah this is this is a fantastic Georgia squad, and they're better than what people think they are. Their record doesn't tell the full story. Expect Georgia to keep this one close and, and make it interesting up until the end. Yeah. And the thing that, like I said earlier, Georgia has a top ten offense. You know, I think they're ranked like eighth in um, offensive yards, and then they're ranked like ninth or tenth in points – points scored <clears throat> so in both of those categories they're they're in the upper half of the league they their offense is really good and it, it's going to be a testament to if they can keep this game close it's a testament to their offense and then it, it Kentucky's defense is going to have to show up for this game um and I mean Kentucky's got phenomenal defense like a top five defense in the league, it's 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 scary how good they are. But yeah, I mean, when you look at who Georgia has played this this season so far, they played some really good games that have been super super competitive, and it's literally been you know a drop pass or you know just small mistakes that have really hurt Georgia's ability to win a game. Right, yeah, you look at their schedule, and I think Oregon pitched a perfect game in that one as far as game plan- planning went. I think they came in with the perfect game plan for Georgia that day, and it, and it showed in the gameplay. Ohio State, that's not a tough Ohio State team. We were just talking about them. Like, that's a really good team, and they lost by seven. They they play Miami, which is one of the very best teams in this in, entire league. 
they lose by five. Like this is a talented squad that just got got snake bit by the by the um, schedule demons. I mean, they're just <laughs> you can't can't say enough about them. It's just been a tough road for them because they've played some good teams. Yeah, they've yeah. Uh, they they're they're another one of those teams that are starting to find their footing. And and once once they get set, they can be a very dangerous team. I mean, I I respect 14R Davis. He has done some amazing things there at Kentucky in, in the in a short amount of time when you stop and think about how long Kentucky's been in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this this could be, you know, upset alert type of game not to take anything away from Kentucky and not that I still don't think that they're, you know, in my top three. Yeah. But if Georgia can continue to gain their footing, the way they have progressed through just these last three games, I mean, as you look at how they've played and who they've played and how, you know, the caliber of competition has increased each week, but yet they've hung and hung each week. Georgia can get Georgia can be really scary. For yeah. if, if you're an AD playing them late in the season, that that would that would be one of those games that freak me out, and I've got circled on my calendar because you know don't sleep on these guys. Yeah, Georgia's done a phenomenal job, and you know if they can if they can just fine tune the defensive side of the ball to, to match the intensity and the play of their offense and they keep the rhythm of their offense going throughout this game, it could be a very, very close, very competitive game and, and definitely one that could potentially be on upset alert. Oh yeah. They're making, they're making the right adjustments a little here, a little here. They're doing a little tweaking each week. Once, once they get that machine fine tuned, they're going to be scary in the sec. Yeah. And then, so we're going to move to the next game, which is at the same time on YouTube. And this one is, is the Oregon at Michigan game. You know, Ryan, talk to me about this one. Well, Michigan's <laughs> going to be heavy, heavily favored in this game, and I think they deserve to be. Uh, not a shot against Oregon. I think just Michigan's just a better team uh, right now. But one matchup I'm really looking forward to in this one, uh, Travis, is Michigan's a, a top five rush defense right now they're only allowing 15 rush yards per game they're going up against Oregon um the top rushing team in in all of the CFSL all right we're back we had some uh, a little technical difficulty we're gonna fix it and uh we'll get back on track with our um Second game for Tuesday night, which was Oregon and Michigan. And so, you know, Moreland, right back to you on this one. Um, talk to me about this this game coming up. Well, Michigan's going to be heavily favored in this one. And, and no, no shot at the Ducks, but deservedly so. Um, but one matchup I am really looking forward to in this game, Travis, is uh, when the Ducks have the ball, can they run the football? Right now, the Ducks, the best uh, running team in all the power to, you know, they average – uh, over 150 rushing yards per game. They have the only power to running back that's averaging over 100 yards a game right now And Derek Eldridge. Can they get that running game going? We saw them have a tough 
time last week moving the ball on the ground against Texas, uh, only getting uh, 38 yards in that game of rushing. Can they get Eldridge going? Can they move the ball uh, against what's going to be a, a pretty tough front? I mean, you got Lacey White, among others, up there. Can you run the football? And I think that's going to be the biggest toe and can Oregon keep this close or is it going to be uh, moving towards a, towards a blowout is how well they can run the football. Yeah. You know, and that's impressive when you talk about uh, a team that's averaging over 150 yards rushing on, you know, on the ground each week coming off a week where they only had 38 rushing yards. Um, so uh, that's, um, that is very impressive because that means they're probably averaging closer to like 200 plus um, coming into that game. Right. And then, yeah, Michigan's defense is very, very stout. And they do a phenomenal job of containing the run and slowing teams down and making teams become one-dimensional. And one thing that we've learned in the CFSL is that if you get too far behind in the score, your game plan almost goes out of the – out the window, so to speak, uh, and and the sim is going to do what it's got to do in order to put your team back in. Can does Oregon have the quarterback and the the receiving core to be able to be relied upon? Is going to be the question if this gets out of control. Exactly. Um, if, if if they if Michigan, which by the way is one of the scariest players in the whole league on on their defense, Lacey White. I mean. Jesus, Night, yeah. nightmare <laughs> for an opposing offense. But can, if Michigan's able to shut down Eldridge and that run game of the Ducks, can they get that passing game going? Can they use that run game to open up the passing game? You know, does, does Michigan come in heavy-handed on run defense and, you know, Oregon dials up the right, the right settings, you know, that I don't personally don't think, you know, that Oregon wins the game. I believe that they can keep it close. I absolutely believe that. I've been high on Oregon and what Convict has done with that program and the way he's turned it around and brought in some talent and, you know, you got them guys believing yeah, that's that's half that's half the battle right there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're gonna move on to the next game, which is at 9 p.m. on Twitch, and that's gonna be West Virginia at Florida State. You know, Ryan, talk to me about West Virginia and Florida State and what this means to both these programs. Oh, I mean, this is gonna be a big game. Um, and I mean, and no offense to to Grant and in Florida state, I think they have a, a good team, but this is one that I think is a sneaky pick for an upset. Um, we know that this Florida state team, while still talented is not what they were last year. Uh, and they lost a lot of talent. Thanks to a lot of seniors graduating. And this West Virginia team has gotten better every week and they've played tough teams and they've stayed in those games and, and they've played, you know, coming off a game last week against Alabama where they almost beat Alabama. I mean, they led Alabama, by 21 going into the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. You know, they, they had played Illinois uh, and then they played Oregon in a really tough game too. And Oregon beat them. But I think 
West Virginia is right there, and I think they have the talent to be scary. And I think um, Nate Murphy right now, their AD, is really getting a great feel for game planning and starting to figure out a lot of big things quickly. And I don't know. I think that West Virginia is going to be a scary team to line up against uh, for the rest of this season. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I watched that West Virginia-Alabama game, and and it was like Alabama had no answer for what West Virginia was wanting to do offensively. Um, and then Alabama struggled to really be able to move the ball early on in that game. And West Virginia just had a, played a lights-out defensive game, in, especially that first half. If they can get that same play style into this one, it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, but Florida State is coming off of a, a very good win. Um, they've changed up their playbook. They've, they've figured out their offense a little bit better. Uh, Florida State's still a, a phenomenal defensive unit. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough test for either one of these. But I think this is a game that both of these teams sort of feel they're going to walk into this game, and both teams are going to be like, "We need to win this game." Oh, uh, absolutely. This is basically like the opposite of the Texas Oklahoma scenario where, you know, winning this game could put you cement you in the top five. This is, if you lose this game, there's a good chance you don't get out of that bottom five. Yeah. So this game has major implications to it. Yeah. As far as either one of those teams taking another loss. You know, can you can you get out of the top twenty? Yeah. You know, top, the bottom five on the top twenty if you yeah. lose this game. And yeah. I I don't know that either one of those teams with the amount of talent they have will be able to crawl their way out of that bottom five with a loss from this matchup. Yeah. And I, and I would say that, you know, the PRI ranking where teams are at the PR probably has Florida state favorite. And I think Florida state probably going to go into this game favored. Here's the, the here's the interesting thing of it. Right. When you look at it, the first two weeks, you know, especially previous to this, you know, where if you were the conference champs, it didn't matter. You were getting in. Or if you were number two, you were getting in. Um, that doesn't really apply anymore because everybody's into the playoffs. But Florida State, they're one and zero in conference. Mm-hmm. And and at the end of it, if you go six and zero in conference play and you finish out the season six and two, you're probably going to be in the top ten. You're probably going to have a really good seating. So this is a game that I think Florida State, for me, I think Florida State needs. I think both teams need it. You know what I mean? But oh, I think Florida State, this is more of a momentum changer for Florida State as far as where their season goes. Oh, yeah. It's a must win for both teams. Yep. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. It It has to feel like a must. For West Virginia – you know, you don't you don't want to go 0 for 4. You don't want to lose out 
the entire first half of your schedule. They do have some games coming up that I think they have wins, but you still have Miami coming up on the schedule. You know, you you do not want to lose out. For Florida State, you know, you're still confident, you know, Grant and those guys, that you have one of the better teams. You just have to figure it out. You know, they're just not – they just haven't figured out the right settings, the right place for everybody and whatever. But, you know, if you talk to them like I have, they know that they have a great team. They know that they have a top-end team talent-wise, and – and, and they can do it, but they end the season going to Kentucky, going to Miami, so our last two games. They yeah, don't want to be running into those games with a losing record. No. Exactly. Or going into those games to where winning those games cements you a good seeding. You know what I mean? Right. If you go into, that, go into those games in your own six – Winning those two games, you're still going to be pretty low. Yeah, you beat two really great teams, top top five teams, probably by the end of the season when they play them. I'm sure both teams are still going to be in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. those two wins aren't going to be impressive enough after the six losses to get you to a decent seating in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, Florida State would be probably – and if Florida State loses out from here on out, there'd be one and five walking into those two games. Um, does a three and five record? Uh, yeah. Two real. Even though you're you're three and five, you have two really good wins. Is that enough to to boost you into the top ten? Probably not. This, this is a game where I think Florida State can, if they can figure out the the defensive woes, um, for them, is a game that. I think Florida State could really turn a page. There's their top 10 offense um, within the league. So if they can uh, – but I think defensively they're they're like one of the bottom two, bottom three teams. Um, you know, when you talk about points, um, you're, you're, how many yards you've given up defensively and then how many points you've given up defensively. So I, th- I think this is an important game for them in, in trying to figure out their, their defensive unit and how to properly implement that defensive strategy that they want to come into. And if they can figure that piece out, they can be extremely dangerous. So moving on to Wednesday's games, it's the first night of the week where we have four games. Um, But going off first at 7 p.m. on Twitch is Auburn at Florida. Ryan, talk to me about this one. Uh, this one's I'm I'm really excited for this one, Travis. I think outside yeah. uh, of probably some of the Mac games and that very first game of the week, this is probably the best matchup that we're going to see this week. You have two teams I think that are pretty close when it comes to talent level. Now, I think Auburn's just had some sh- struggles here and there, maybe in some game planning stuff. I, if they can figure that out, this is going to be one hell of a game because I'm I'm really high on this Florida team. You guys know. Um, now, obviously, after the, the Florida game, going into that Florida game when we played Florida, you know, I kept talking about how impressed I was with this team, how big of a jump they took, and and the talent level that they have there. And I, I think they're a special team and they can go places. I think Auburn is a good team. I think they have the talent there to make it work. I think it's just figuring out the game planning, and I think Cole's going to get there. And, and if this is the game he figures stuff out, I think we're in for a really, really good game. Yeah, and, and Auburn played a, a phenomenal game against Oklahoma in week two. 
I mean, yeah, really good game. Oh, yeah. Really good game. And, and, and you know, I don't know if Cole went away from, from that game plan and, and thought he saw something different or, or you know, in a different game plan. or I, I don't know. You know, I'm not in their coach's room and, and figuring things out with him. But I'd almost say go back to what you did against Oklahoma because you Oklahoma is an extremely powerful offense with a really good defense. And you were able to keep that game within one score. Um, it's pretty impressive. Um, and then you get Florida coming in, and just a really talented program, really talented AD. You talk about players like Shaker Mayflower, and then William Tree, and Elliot Griffin. And, you know, all these players that are not Elliot Griffin, but um, I'm having a brain fart. Um, but you get all these players that they have on this team, and they're, they're phenomenal. Uh, I think Florida had a, a really good start to the season, went in with Notre Dame. Obviously, they, the Oklahoma State game didn't go their way, um, but they've done some really good things, and this is going to be a really good matchup. You know, Florida gets them at home. Can what what team shows up for both these teams? Does for Auburn, is it the game where they played Oklahoma? Or is it one of the, the, the other games that they've played? For Florida, I think Florida did a phenomenal job defensively against Notre Dame. Offensively, they had a great game plan. And if they can bring that kind of smash-mouth football to Auburn, it, it's going to be a really good game. You know, Adam, your thoughts? Oh, that, that secondary for Florida is – it's really good. Yeah. I mean, they – Venom had had the perfect game plan against Notre Dame. I, I was very impressed with, with the way they played that game. You know, both teams, you know, played a really good game. That was, that was a fun one to watch. Um, unfortunately, I, I think – if I have to pick, I, I would say I, I think Florida, Florida wins. But I think it, it's a really good game to watch. I think it's very competitive, and you know, as was alluded to, if Cole can can tune those settings just right, they can be a nightmare for Florida. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna move on to the. 7 p.m. game on YouTube, and that's going to be Pitt at Alabama. Ryan, give me your thoughts on this Pitt versus Alabama, because this is the one of the only other games outside of, you know, Oklahoma and Texas and Ohio State and Oklahoma State. This is really one of the only other games where the PRI has both these these teams ranked really closely, both in top, inside the top ten. You have Pitt at number nine. Alabama at number 10. What's think, your thoughts on this one? I think, and I think you guys would agree with me. Your initial gut reaction when you see it, it's like, oh, Alabama's going to win this game. But yeah. when you start kind of like digging, digging into the numbers, um, obviously Pitt's a team that's going to live and die by the run. And, you know, they've, they've shown that that's what they want to do. This week came in with their backup as the starter, and he still had a phenomenal game. Um, and we'll see what they do next week if, if Leigh Hugh or Black's going to be carrying the rock primarily. But 
they go up against an Alabama team that Alabama's defense has given up 119 yards rushing per game. They haven't been great against the run. They've struggled a bit against the run. You know, can Pittsburgh use that to their advantage? Can they get in a, a slugfest kind of a game with them? And, you know, Alabama lives and dies by the big play as well uh, and getting the ball downfield. So that running game, can you slow the game down? Can you can you limit the amount of times Alabama is going to see the football? Because we also know that they're prone uh, to the interceptions and, and the turnovers, one of the highest in the league. Can they can uh, can Pittsburgh's defense force those turnovers? Can their offense slow the game down, force Alabama to get less possessions? And if they can do that, you know Pittsburgh's got a real shot at this game. I think on paper, obviously Alabama's got the better team. Your initial gut reaction tells you Alabama's going to win this game, but you start looking at it and re- matchup wise, it doesn't feel like a great matchup for Alabama. And I'm starting to think that Pittsburgh has a shot at this one. Yeah. Well, when we go back to to week one and Texas, Alabama played each other, right? Killian Dunn had a phenomenal game for Texas. Killian Dunn is a halfback, and he ran the ball extremely well against Alabama. And then when you talk about what Pitt does offensively and how they move the ball, and it's, uh, it's very similar to, you know, like we were talking about with the Oregon game where, you know, Oregon's got to go against Michigan's defense, and Michigan's defense has done really, really well against stopping the run. But Alabama's on the flip side of that. They haven't done a great job at it. And this is just one of those where the matchup offensively versus defensively that I think Pitt has the advantage in that the, in that category, right? If Pitt, like you said, if Pitt can control the clock, control the tempo of the game, slow it down, and the best way to negate Alabama's offense in their high plays, their big-time plays, is for them not even to see the field. So I, I'm, I'm just going to echo what you're saying, what you were saying. I think Pitt, if they can come in and slow it down and play their style of football, they may give Alabama some serious fits. But Adam, what's your thoughts? Well, everybody knows this league is pass. You know, we it it it's it's just kind of evolved towards you know pass heavy offenses and things like that. And oh, the run game doesn't work in the league anymore, and this and that. But you know what? I enjoy watching Pitt. That smash mouth style of football that a lot of defenses aren't used to seeing. And yeah. I think that's what happens. They come out and they bust you right in the mouth and put you into shock. And then they just continue to, they don't give you a chance to recoup or regain your senses before they're hitting you in the mouth again. You know, and uh, Oregon, that's what was so impressive to me in their first couple games, the way they played. They just come out and bust you in the mouth. Florida, when Florida come and play Notre Dame, Tree was a grown man running out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and in a in a league where you don't get to see that that often, it's it's exciting to me to to watch a team that has that offensive mentality 
and I'm just going to come in. I'm going to, I'm going to throw haymakers at your mouth all game. I'm going to keep your defense on the field. I'm going to wear them slap out. I'm going to have them crawling off the sidelines because I've had them on the field for six, seven minute drives. You know what I mean? It's just, it's old school smash mouth football and I love seeing it. Yeah. The, the, the best way I can describe Pitt's offense is the Arkansas old. Arkansas, way back in the day, used to have this two-back system, or really like yeah. a three-back system. McFadden and, and somebody, wasn't it? Yeah, and Felix. they just ran. Yeah, and they just yeah. ran and ran and ran and ran. You knew what they were doing, but you couldn't stop them. No, and by the fourth quarter, you were tired of getting hit. The, the defensive players weren't 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 the ones doing the hitting. They were getting hit. Yeah. And yeah, that put the defense on its heels. When you yeah. do something to a defense that they're not used to, like I said, it's it's you know, if you ever been just punched straight it, it square in the nose, it kind of catches you off guard for a minute, you know, and your eyes start to water and think you know, things get a little blurry for a second. It's the same principle. Yeah. Some defenses don't recover. No. Yeah, this is going to be one of those games where it – actually, Wednesday night for me is, is one of those nights where I think you got to have both Twitch and YouTube up at the same time. Um, yeah. <laughs> watching both these games going on together is um, going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, I usually have to flip back and forth. I'll, I'll hop on Twitch for a few minutes, and then I'll hop on YouTube. So uh, it'll be interesting. Moving to the, uh, to the 9 p.m. game on Twitch is Clemson at Notre Dame. So Notre Dame's coming off of, uh, of the loss that they had, and, and they played a phenomenal game uh, defensively inside the red zone against Oklahoma State. Clemson, you know, I like what they do. It's going to be interesting to see does Notre Dame back bounce back, um, being one and two, and and do they? I think this is a game for Notre Dame to really turn their schedule around, or you know how their schedule has gone so far, to turn the momentum and right the ship for Notre Dame is is right here a statement win in this game. You know, Ryan, what are your thoughts? I would agree with that. I think that. You know, both teams are kind of looking at this game, maybe thinking, hey, maybe we can figure it out. Maybe we can we can get going. Obviously, both of them setting at one and two right now. And we talked about it earlier. Like, I really like Clemson's defense, like you guys were talking about yeah. earlier. Like, I think they have a really talented defense. And I just – I'm not sure what we're going to see on offense. And if, if – uh, Loki over there can figure out the settings and Loki, a good friend of mine, if he can figure out the settings and, and figure out some stuff on offense. Cause I think they got the talent on offense. I think it's just, it's yeah. just been a choice here and there that I've, I've limited them. But if he can get that figured out, then we're in for a ball game. Cause I, I think these two are both really talented football teams and, and I think we're, we're in for it, but you know, if if they continue to struggle, I mean, I, Notre Dame's defense is is very good. They're going to take advantage of that, and and I think it's going to be uh, probably a blowout. And I think it could go 
either way, I think Clemson could pull off an upset here. I think Notre Dame could put the hammer to him. And I really think it depends on how, um, on how Clemson game plans offensively. But, you know, you talked about it for Notre Dame. You got some tough games going coming up that this is one that's going to start to feel like a must win. And like we were talking about earlier with some other teams, you have Ohio State still on the schedule, Michigan still on the schedule, Texas still on the schedule. Yeah. Those those are tough teams. I mean, those are really good teams that are going to be tough to win. Yeah. You know, like we talked about before, Clemson and top 10 defense, you know. Uh, absolutely. Clemson can figure out figure it out offensively and put a, a good game plan together on that side of the ball. Their defense is going to do. I think their defense is going to continue to be a top 10 defense. They they have a shot at, at pulling this off. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to probably come into this one favored. Um, and rightfully so, you know. I mean, Notre Dame's played some really good football. Uh, I mean, outside of the Oklahoma State game, I mean, they, they it was a one-score game that they lost to Florida on, you know. So, just Notre Dame has all the pieces – to, to win this game. You know, Adam, what's your thoughts on, on this Clemson at Notre Dame? Well, I think this is a lot like so many other teams in the league this season. Like last season and seasons before you had, you know, you had eight to 10 teams that you could say they've got a good offense and a good defense. And I feel like this season, the, the narrative is, you know, well, this team has a phenomenal defense. They just haven't been able to put it together on offense. Well, this team has a great offense. They're putting up, you know, top 10 numbers offensively, but they're in the bottom five defense. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that's that has a lot to do with the way some of these, you know, weeks have worked out and some of these games have worked out where you're looking at a team and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, they're sitting where they're sitting. But, you know, they, they haven't been able to to connect all the pieces to the puzzle. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. last season, you know, we had that. Clemson, you know, great defense. And Notre Dame, I've experienced it. They have a really good defense, and they're another one of those teams that when they get in the red zone, they bite down on that mouthpiece. Yeah. You, know, they, you beat, beat me here, beat me there if you want to, but I'm not letting you in that end zone. Yeah. So I think you've got two very similar teams with very similar style of play coming in. Which, which one's going to be able to get that offense rolling? Which you know that to me that's who's going to be able to win the game. I know both defenses are going to make plays. Yeah, it, you know it's what they do. Which offense is going to say, you know what, this we're in week four. We have got to get, we have got to get this ship on the right track. Yeah. And what, what quarterback's going to put that game on his shoulders? What running back's going to say, I'm stepping up. We're winning this game. What what wide receiver is going to go out there and make those effort catches? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the 9 p.m. game, and this one be on, on YouTube, and it's the first Matt game of the week. 
Kent State at EMU. EMU coming off a tough loss against uh, Bowling Green. Ryan, what, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, both of these teams coming in after a loss. Um, uh, you know, Eastern Michigan's up in that the power two of, of the MAC, if you want to call it that, uh, with Bowling Green. But they put up big number. I mean, they they outproduced them uh, in the air. They uh, outproduced them in total yardage. They moved the ball really well all night. The quarterback put up insane numbers. He looked fantastic. You know, just came down to some bad luck here and there, to some bad bounces, and and they lost that game. I think Eastern Michigan is a cream of the crop Mac team, and, and I think that they'll probably take this one. Uh, you know, Kent State last last week we saw them put up 17 points a game, which was the worst in the MAC. Uh, a 415 total yards, which was the worst in the MAC. Um. I need to see it on offense. I think they do have a talented defense, uh, and, they, and they can make some plays here and there. We need to see it offensively, and we need to see uh, what the what Kent State's able to do offensively. And it's going to be a tough because Eastern Michigan, you know, pound for pound, you know, on paper at least, is is one of, if not the very best team in the MAC. Uh, so it's going to be a tough, tough draw for Kent State, but. If that offense can get clicking, and you know, obviously they have a great game planner there. If that offense can get clicking, um, you know, they may be able to give the Eagles a run for their money. Yeah, I mean, EMU just yeah, last week EMU had had a really tough opponent in Bowling Green, um, but like you said, EMU put up some impressive numbers. I think EMU is going to walk into this one. Super, super favored, and and rightfully so. There, I, I think EMU just I, – I, I sort of feel bad for Kent State because I think EMU is going to come out and play really pissed. Yes. And and EMU's got that chip on their shoulder where they know we have to win out for the rest of the, rest of the season and we'll, we'll, we'll rematch Bowling Green in, in the MAC championship if, if they can get there. Um you know, Adam, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, it was it was a good game, and you've got you know arguably two of the top teams in the MAC showing out week one. All this chatter and chat, you know, it was it was a huge build up, and Bowling Green just they they came out and. <clears throat> You just played, you know, they played a better game. I think it was better game planning. It was just a better game. But that's, don't look at that and then think that EMU isn't worthy of the hype. And I'm kind of along the lines that you were as far as, you know, man, I'd hate to be the next team that has to play them because I think they're going to come out angry. Chip on their shoulders, and, you know. I, I know what it's like when a team comes out and plays with a chip on their shoulder. So it, it's going to be. I mean, I, I got, I got EMU on this one. Yeah. So moving to Thursday night's game, um, kicking us off at seven PM on Twitch. 
will be Miami at UNC. Ryan talked about this one. Man, it's this is a tough draw again for UNC. You know, we've talked about these teams that have had tough draws. Um, Oklahoma State week one, Notre Dame week two on the road, Florida State week three on the road. And the second and third week, they didn't play bad. Like, they were in those games for the majority of them. They led that Florida State game for a while. It's They've just run into a buzzsaw, uh, really. Where You know, this is a really good team. They just ran into the talent, and, and that's the only thing you can say about it. And, and they have Miami. Now, their schedule does lighten up for a little bit after this. I think they're going to put some wins together, um, you know, for the Tar Heels. Uh, or at least have a really good shot to, but you're you know you're going up against, uh you know a championship contender, a true, yeah, you know, uh true one, truly one of the best teams in the in the CFSL, an elite team. This is a tough draw for them. I mean, this is going to be a hard one to to win. Miami's so dominant defensively. And we don't talk about their offense because of how good their defense is, but I think this offense is is underrated. Now I talked about it earlier with Mateo Walker. I think he's a fantastic. He's one of the the best uh, of the freshman quarterbacks. Um, actually, statistically, right now, the best of the freshman quarterbacks. And this was a really talented freshman class, guys. I mean, you guys know that. Uh, this he's been impressive and, and Miami just keeps ticking. They keep winning games. They keep looking better. I think they're going to be a really tough team. And especially as the season wears on, cause there's a, y- a lot of youth on that team, especially offensively, the further that they get, the more reps those guys get, the more time that they have to put into the gym. Uh, I mean, this is, this is going to be a dangerous Miami team, but for me, this is, it's, it's a really bad draw uh, again for North Carolina. The Tar Heels are going to have a real. I know they're going to fight their hardest. Uh, I know that's what they're going to do, but they're going to have a really tough time winning this football game. Yeah, you know. So I always like to throw a wrench in some things. I, I obviously I, I'm going to bet Miami wins this game, um, but I think this is a game where North Carolina can come in and make a statement if they do win this game. And they can say, look, yeah, we learned a lot in those first three weeks. And, and, you know, I always, you know, I've talked with Grant and Pac and, you know, some, some great ADs. Um, and as an AD myself, I always learned more in my losses than I did, than I ever did in my wins. Uh, mostly because I think I went back in those losses and I looked and said, what did I do wrong? Where can I improve versus the wins? You just sort of take them and you're like, oh, yeah, we won. Great. Um, but I, I think Daniel's learned a lot of lessons very, very quickly, and he's done a great job at tweaking things, and that's why those games have always – he seems to have a better game plan each week. Um, it's going to be a, a very tough test for him against Miami and Gates and what they're doing down there. Uh, but this is a game that I think if they come in and they can just punch Miami in the mouth and sort of surprise them, um, this is a game that they can win and that, that I think is a statement game for them. If if they win this game, it, it really writes their ship and gives them a lot of momentum going into the, the back half of the schedule. But oh, Adam, what's your thoughts? Well, especially when you're when you're already sitting at twenty. You know, they're one of those teams that I look and I you know, I 
talent wise and, and what they do. And I know that gun puts in the work, you know, I'm like, man, I can't believe they're, they're sitting, you know, in the bottom five, but you know, like Ryan said, they, they have not had it easy their first three weeks. Yeah. And I mean, to, to still come out there and, and play the game they, they play. I mean, Kudos to them. That quarterback, he is a he's a ballsy guy. Yeah. You know, there ain't a lot of quarterbacks in the league that that'll throw those kind of interceptions and still throw the ball deep. Yeah. You know what I mean? They there a lot of quarterbacks will fold, your game plan changes, coaches panic. You know, they they stay true to their game plan. For the whole game, yeah. And once Gun dials that in, it could be dangerous. But at the same time, I think Miami paid attention last week and realized that they they have a few holes that they needed to plug. And I've got no doubt that that coaching staff saw, you know, with the game that they had being so close. You know, let's let's be honest. They got they got exposed at a few positions. Yeah. So did, did they did the coaches go in and did they review that? Did they go back and watch film and say, "All right, well, this is what we did here. You know, we need to fix this. You know, we were in zone here and we were getting picked apart. You know, whatever the case may be. Did did they put in the time and 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 fix those?" Because if yeah. they did, then they have a really good chance of winning this game. If they didn't correct those flaws and those things that, you know, not so much flaws, but just things that they didn't they didn't do right, guys weren't in the right position, North Carolina can slide in there because they have the talent. Yeah. Yeah, they have one of the best tight ends in the league. Oh, absolutely. Freaking beef. Where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this matchup, and, and it's intriguing. Um, our next one at 7 p.m. on YouTube is Bowling Green at NIU. You know, Ryan took us off with the second Matt game of the of the week. Uh, this was a tough draw for NIU. I think they have a lot to like on their team. You know, defensively, it's got to get better. Um, offensively, didn't look horrible. You know, just made some killer mistakes here and there. That really costs you, um, you know, especially in the turnover department. But, uh, you know, I think that they have some things to like, but I, I just think that Bowling Green is a cream of the crop. Max School, you know, we talked about it's Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green. That was all the talk, you know, in league chat and everywhere leading up to, uh, you know, uh, the first Matt game. And, and then Bowling Green went in and won that game. You know, it, you can say what you want. But the Falcons went in and won that game, you know, and that's that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to show up on the on the stat sheet. That's what's going to show up uh, in the in the league standings, the conference standings. And they looked damn good in that game. They looked very impressive offensively and defensively for NIU. This is going to be a tough one. They have to come up with a really good game plan to win this football game um, and, and probably do some hitting the gym this week. And but, you know, I'm sure. Given how active NIU's been in chat, man, I feel like 
every other message comes from a Husky in league chat these days. But, uh, you know, if those guys really put it their nose to the grindstone this week, it's a winnable game for sure. There's no doubt about it. It's just, it's a tough one, but it's a winnable game for sure. And, and obviously, I, you know, I believe in their head coach. I think he, he's going to do a good job of getting them in the right position to try to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a tough draw. Um, and like to, to go back to what I said earlier, I think we, as an AD or as a head coach, you, you have to go back and review where you went right, where you went wrong, um, especially in those games where you lose because you can learn a lot more because um, you're so, you're more meticulous, I think. Um, like, man, we lost. How did we lose? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? And you can pick apart those things. Um, and I think and I, you can learn a lot. <clears throat> um, I, I think that they have a really tough draw with, with Bowling Green coming in. Um, but And it, it is – you know, who they played last week versus um, who they're playing this week is two different sort of styles of football. Bowling Green's very run-heavy, whereas Ohio was very path. Ohio was very balanced, I'll, I'll say that, but they got a lot of big plays through the air. Um, so I think if NIU can figure that piece out defensively and, and sort of contain Bowling Green from, you know, getting 200 rushing yards um, – I think they have a, a really good chance of, of being competitive in this, this, this in this game. Adam, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but I am and started my CFSL career at NIU. Yeah, all start was a linebacker at NIU for. What three three games before the Mac dissolved <laughs> and made his way to Stillwater? Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. This is this is going to be a tough game for him. I mean, it, uh, the talent disparity between the two is 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 pretty significant. I, I think on paper, hands down. BGSU, but you know, at the same time, if NIU can go back and look at, like you said, look at that game against Ohio and see, you know, where where did we go wrong? What again, you know, it's it's extremely important for coaches to go back and look and to you know add on to your point, you are extremely more critical of yourself. Yeah, after a loss. But you're yep. also a lot more open to accepting that you need to change things. Whereas a win, you're like, yeah, yeah, we didn't do great here, but we still won. Yeah. So I'm not going to change it. And, you know, that kind of complacency can get you caught. So if, if, if they overlook NIU and NIU – can figure out some of the things, some of those pieces that they were missing last week. It, 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 BGSU could be in for a long night. If, yeah. if they come into this game overlooking them, because, you know, we all know how Sims work. You know, and sometimes yeah. you just get one of them wonky Sims. So you, you don't want to go in overlooking your opponent. Yeah, exactly. So moving into the last two games, 9 p.m. on Twitch is um, Illinois at Boise. Ryan, Ryan, talk to me about this one. 
Well, Boise's, uh, you know, looking for a win here, looking to get back on track. They they drew Kentucky week one, which, you know, that was a really close game, two-point game against the second-best team right now in the CFSL. By yeah. And, you know, that that's one that you can live with here. You know, you know that that is a winnable game. If you play that close, you know that there's a chance to win that game next time around. They came out the next game, looked great against Florida State and an impressive victory. And then, you know, the, the big question mark was this last week against Ohio State, you know, and and I think it was Ohio State. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're jumping out party. They're coming out party. They're, you know, we're here. We're going to be a force in this league this season. You know, watch out for us more than it was Boise State taking a step back. Um you know, but that leaves them in a tough spot now. Two losses in the first three games. You know, we talked about it earlier when we talked about the rankings, but you have Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Two of those games will be on the road. You know, that's yeah. not an easy draw, and that's not going to be easy to win every single one of those games. It's going to be tough down the stretch. This is starting to feel like a must-win for Boise State, and and you got to get back on that wagon, get back – if they want to get back into the the top end of of uh, of the CFSL and, and maybe get a buy, this is definitely a must win. You know, you have to win this one. You have to get up there. Obviously, every team makes the playoffs, so you know a team could always go on a on a Cinderella type run. But you know, Boise State knows the talent that they have on their team. They know what they're capable of. Uh, they're not satisfied with last week, you know, to put it plainly. They're going to come in, I think, and look to dominate this team. On the other side of the football, Illinois is setting in a similar position where they they started off red hot and dropped the last two against Kentucky, against Michigan. Now you have Boise State, um, and what really, from top to bottom, is a really tough schedule for Illinois because you have Boise State, then Oklahoma, then Notre Dame, then Ohio State, finish off with Clemson. They they really don't have a week off uh, at all, you know, a week where you can kind of take it easy and breathe for a second. Um, but this is a tough draw for them, but they've, they've been playing great defense. you got perhaps the best linebacker duo in the CFSL is, is in Illinois right now. You have such a talented defense. They did a, played a great game last week against Michigan. I called that game. They were great in that game. The offense, after being dominant week one, has just sputtered the last two weeks, and that's been the big thing. Can they get back on track? I know Dylan Shoemate really well, and he's a great player, and I know what he's capable of. He, he just has to get in the right spot to be successful, and, and I think if this offense can get ticking – they're a really dangerous team. One of the more dangerous, uh, you know, middle of the of the pack teams right now there are in the CFSL. But, you know, this is going to be a tough one to win. And Boise State wants this one bad. You know, this one's their redemption game after the loss last week and, and getting their season back on track. So that adds to that. It's going to be a tough win. Yeah. And I had the pleasure of coaching Topher Foreman in the Army-Navy game. Um, very competitive player, very competitive quarterback, you know, and he's going to walk into that, you know, after that loss against Ohio State, he walked into the locker room, probably trying to figure out what he could go back and change, you know, what throw could he have, you know, take back or maybe an opportunity he should have took that he didn't take. And, 
and I think Boise State's going to come out in this one and, and sort of play aggressive, be play a little bit angry and with that chip on their shoulder and say that we're not that team that, that lost to Ohio State last week. We are better than that. And I, I think Ohio State, or excuse me, Boise State's going to come out and just really try, like you said, try to dominate this game because it, it's definitely one that they need to turn around and, and win because they do have an extremely tough, tough schedule. Um, yeah, I mean, when you talk about the division that they're in, but Adam, what's your thoughts? Well, with this one, I think you've got two two teams here that both just don't they don't seem to be able to find a consistency. You know, almost almost like they they think they know what their identity is, but they haven't quite been able to achieve that identity you know they get it they get it this time and then the next time they don't they don't look that way and you know in the in this league you 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 have to you have to establish an identity you know you have to have a have a tendency yeah you have to have some kind of character to your play your style of play and i don't know that really either one of these teams have have locked in on that quite yet. Now, once they do, they could both, they both have the potential to be really good teams and, you know, teams that can knock, knock a few people down the rankings as they're climbing over them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, who's, who's going to figure out who they are first. And and you know maybe maybe the identity that that you think you your team is maybe that's not your identity. Maybe yeah. you're trying to force something. You know, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not in that coach's room. You know, I I don't know those players. But just from a spectator side of it, that's 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 what I see. But I mean, yeah. I think you know, Boise Boise has an insane amount of an insane amount of talent. So once they get that, once they figure out who they are and who they want to be and get both of those in line, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to struggle against teams. But if you're Boise with the aspirations you had coming into this season, you most definitely do not want to end up. Oh, and two at the start of conference play. Yeah, you 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 don't want to be down two games in conference play, and then have yeah. still have the schedule you have. No, definitely not. <clears throat> Moving on to this this last game, that's on on YouTube at nine p.m. Central. I got Kyler nodding his head at me. <laughs> Toledo at Ohio. Ryan, talk to me about. This game. Well, I'll tell you this. If you're betting on this game, smash the over no matter what it is. No matter what number they put out there, go ahead and take the over. These are two high-powered offenses in the MAC right now, guys. Um, Ohio had uh, 55 points on the board, 692 yards as a team on offense. That's I mean, it's the most of any team this year in a single game. They – they were wild. And I knew that offense was going to be good coming in. They have 
you know, borderline power two offense uh, over there uh, in Athens. A really good team. Uh, on the other side of the football, we saw Rack Rhodes, what he was able to do, big play after big play, uh, coming from the running back position. He did it on the ground and in the air, and they have a lot to like on offense as well. I think a lot of this is going to be, um, you know, which defense stands up, who's going to make plays defensively. Yeah, but the one thing that stands out is uh, when you look at these two teams and pulling the stats and looking at the stats is Toledo did have a great game offensively. They were also sacked eight times. They allowed eight sacks in the last game. Uh. Uh, that really makes me think that or lean towards Ohio in this one. And, you know, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it was it was some, you know, wishy-washy play calling here or there, some fluky kind of plays or, you know, or like the random sim like Adam was talking about earlier. Sometimes you just get those. But – that really makes me think uh, the Bobcats are going to come out and have this. And I really think the Bobcats, if they win this week and put on a show, I think we really got have to start talking about the three teams in the MAC uh, with Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green and Ohio yes. being real contenders to win it. Yeah. And I, here, here's the thing I like about Ohio. Very, very balanced. Um, they love to get their, their halfback Tank Lionheart involved. Um, dude had like almost 200, what, like 200 all-purpose yards. When you think about uh, his rushing and his receptions, dude had four total touchdowns, three rushing, one one, uh, one on the ground. Um, you know, Del Toro had a great game with, with four um, total touchdowns. When you look at the Ohio offense, it is built to win games. Um, all their receivers did phenomenal job. The quarterback – wasn't that far off from in the first game. His first game as a freshman almost beat Thor Savage's school record for passing yards in a single game. And then their halfback was really close to, to catching up to, you know, Mojo Ryzen's um, record of most rushing yards in a game. So, I mean, these were you're records talking big that, names there. Yeah, you're talking big names out of that came from Ohio and in their first game these these players did a phenomenal job um, I think Toledo's gonna have a really tough test uh, against that Ohio offense now on the flip side when you look at at Ohio's defense right they only gave up what 21 points yeah as yeah. A, as a team well one of those I think was a pick six so their defense really only gave up 14 points. Um, so I think defensively, Ohio did a great job of slowing down NIU from being able to make those deep plays that NIU went for those deep shots. The corners did a phenomenal job of being able to, to cover the wide receivers and put themselves in position to, to, uh, mitigate what NIU wanted to do. I talk a lot about Ohio because one, their head coach is my from my coaching tree, so I know his mindset. Um, I like Ohio, and, and I said it at the beginning of the season, Ohio is going to be a very dangerous program. Um, they may not have the talent that, of like EMU or Bowling Green on both sides of the ball. Ohio is going to make you have to beat them by putting up more points than them. Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah, how you yeah. have to beat them. You're getting into a shootout. And if you didn't if you didn't bring enough ammo, 
you're not going to win. Yep. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's their off. That's their offensive mindset. We're getting into a shootout and the best shot's going to win. Just looking at their team on paper, you have two elite wide receivers, elite tight end, elite quarterback, elite halfback. Add another five-star wide receiver on top of that. I mean, that's that's a power two offense. I mean, that is absolutely that is a such a talented. And you were talking about a MAC team. That's it's unreal. It's unreal how much talent they were able to put on offense in the offseason. And your guys are exactly right. You know that you put it really well there, uh, Adam. It's it's a shootout. You better bring all the ammo you have because it, you're not going to hold this offense down for very long. Yeah. No, I mean, I like I like this game. Um, I just think Toledo's going to be in for uh, more than they're going to be bargained. You know, more than really what they want to want to go up against offensively. Um, I think if Toledo can make big plays and can do just enough, yeah, I think Toledo can win this game. But they've got to. I mean, when you look. I think Ohio had what like a almost a ninety percent third down conversion rate, which is insane, absolutely insane for a third down yeah. conversion rate. They almost every drive that Ohio had, they put points on the board in one one fashion or the other. But then they had a couple of missed field goals, but for the most part. Probably 75, 80% of the drives that they had, they put points on the board. That's what you have to do. You have to match them. Every time they score, you have to score. It's that simple. And it's gonna it's gonna come down to what team gets that one defensive stop that puts you in in, in the driver's seat to win that game. This is probably the game I'm most excited to watch because I think both – and I'm not trying to discredit Toledo by, by any means. Extremely high-powered offense. Had a great game last week. I think that they're going to do a great job this week as well. Yeah, I just I, – I think defensively the nod goes to Ohio on that one. Yeah. Just from, from what I saw week one for the MAC. Yeah. This is, this is a great game to end the week. So, well, we have gone on for probably a good hour and a half or so, so far. Um, so I always give my guests one one opportunity to, to shout out, say whatever they want to say uh, um, for this week to, the, to the, those that are listening. You know, so Ryan, go ahead. Give me your, give me your thoughts for this week. I think we have some interesting matchups, uh, games I'm looking forward to, um, and I don't really know, man. For for shoutouts, I, I let me shout out Mateo Walker. I've talked about him a couple of times tonight, but I haven't even gotten to talk to the guy yet. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, I, but I'm in love with his player. I keep watching Miami play, and I really like what this kid's doing. And there was so much talk about Avery Ware and, and Sam Dobbins and all the other guys. And Walker was kind of not mentioned as much as some of these other freshman QBs. But so far, he's he's the best among them statistically. He's the, he's the guy that's on top right now. He's the guy that's 
that's played the best, that's put up the best numbers so far, and I don't feel like enough people are talking about him. So I'll shout out Mateo Walker as my shout-out. The kid's been on fire. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Adam. No, I'm I'm excited that we're starting to get to that part of the schedule where I, I like to call it, you know, you're getting to the, to the meat of your schedule. You know, you're starting to see these these prime time matchups, you know, and even as we talked about earlier, there, there there's quite a few games going on this week that, you know, have what would normally be considered end of season, you know, repercussions, repercussions at week four, you know, yeah. for the rest of their season. You know, you know some, of, some of these teams, their season is on the line this week. So uh, I guess my shout-out would be to all those ADs, you know. Y'all go out there and do your thing, you know. May the best best game planner win. Yeah. Who, who's going to write the ship, you know. And that's that's about it. I'm excited to watch. I can't, I can't wait to see how some of these games turn out. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm going to shout out my listeners. I greatly appreciate you tuning in every week. I think we're getting right around the 50 uh, um, listens mark, which is awesome. I love to love to see it. I'd like to see it a little bit higher, but you know, I, I greatly appreciate all the viewers, uh, all the listeners that tune into this. Um, Wish you all the best of luck this week in your games, in your performances individually and as a team. Uh, remember, please hit that like, subscribe, follow button, whatever. That way you get the notification whenever one of our podcasts actually get dropped. As always, I'll drop it in link chat and I'll drop it in user content. Um, makes it a little bit easier for you guys. Uh, to my guests, thank you for being here tonight. Greatly appreciate it. I know it was like an OK State takeover, but that's OK. Um Outside Thanks for that, having me. So, yep. So, outside of that, we are done, and y'all have a great week in the CFSL this week.